When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's T. Frank, executive producer of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. So here's what happened today. We recorded a Class of 2023 overview, talked about Jackson Smolik, did a bunch of really insightful recruiting information uh, podcast today. Then about 30 minutes later, a lot of things blew up when Tamarian Parker decommitted from the Nittany Lions. And what happens when breaking news happens is our reporters, who are very good at their job, go directly into breaking news mode, which means they don't have 25 minutes to sit down and talk about stuff. They've got to go be reporters. So here's what we did, and here's what I'm giving to you today. The first thing is you're hearing me explain the situation. Then you're going to hear our breaking news segment, which is over on our YouTube channel that normally does not make it over here to the podcast. And if you want to support the channel, super appreciate if you go to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube or search Penn State Football. And then you're going to hear the full show that has no reference to TJ Parker with Ryan and Greg. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Want to make sure you guys are getting all the content that you deserve. So hope you enjoy our Frankenstein's daily recruiting show, which starts now. Bad news continues to pile up for the Penn State Nittany Lions in the class of 2023 with the recruiting trail. Uh, what promised to be a top 10 class and what promised maybe to be even higher than that has been quickly slip, slipping away from the Nittany Lions. The latest iteration of that is four-star defensive end to Marion T.J. Parker decommitted from the Nittany Lions Tuesday afternoon. Recruiting reporter Greg Pickle is with me here to break down that breaking news. Greg, what can you tell us about the situation and how uh, T.J. came to this decision? Yeah, so I mean, I think if you follow his social media, certainly he's shown a little bit of love toward Georgia lately, T. Frank. But I don't know if there were a ton of tea leaves out there indicating this was going to happen, because let's not forget, he visited Penn State for the last bash. Oh, what? I don't know. Maybe like two or three weeks ago. Well, we, two weeks ago, I think it is at this point. So everything seemed to be in a good place for him to continue to be a member of this class. But he tells on threes, Chad Simmons, that he maybe felt like he committed too soon and he wanted to check out some other schools. Keep in mind, T. Frank, that he he did have some official visits planned for the fall to some Florida area schools and some SEC schools prior to picking Penn State. So it almost feels to me like he got the chance to maybe decompress a little bit after uh, the June, July travel period, recruiting period, whatever, you know, what have you ended. And, uh, you know, decided that his commitment, even though it's what, like a month old or was a month old, there was about that at this point, uh, was one that he wanted to open back up. So, you know, Chad wrote at on3.com that Penn State's not out of the mix yet, but I'm hard-pressed to see them getting back into the mix here. Obviously, Tamarian Parker's from the South and had a lot of Southern schools interested in him. And, you know, that leads to today's decision, another situation where Penn State does a lot of early legwork to get yeah. a player from outside the region committed to it, only to see that player decommit prior to signing day. 
And it's a, it's a situation we've talked about before. The number of players that decommit and then recommit to the program, you can count them on one hand, and one of them is in this class already in Mega Barnwell. So right. the likelihood, as you mentioned, is pretty low. So in this situation, do we have a clear picture? It's still very fresh. Penn State is uh, in search of offensive linemen, receivers. Now they've got to dip back into the defensive end portal, uh, or I should, I, excuse me, not the portal. That is an actual thing into the defensive end a group that's available right now. So who are the names that Penn State fans should know? Where does, where does Penn State rebound from here? Yeah. I mean, the problematic thing T Frank is I don't know if there is at this moment in time, you know, we've right. talked about whether or not maybe they push back in with Dylan Gooden and he's a four-star player who is from the mid Atlantic, who is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end at the next level? I think some schools have different opinions about that. So maybe Penn state ups its interest there. Obviously we've talked before about Jalen Thompson, the four-star out of Michigan who actually has set a commitment date here in the month of August. So considering he didn't visit Penn state prior to the end of July and the fact that he couldn't come to campus before committing I just don't see how Penn State ends up landing him so yeah the issue here at these positions of need that we talk about defensive line receiver offensive line is that the board is not overwhelmingly favorable for Penn State in the morning in fact in fact it's not favorable at all because a lot of the guys who they pursued early in the class are committed elsewhere and I mean at this point I hate to be so blunt about it but it feels to me that to fill some of these spots you're just going to have to wait and be patient for flip opportunities down the road maybe that's because of coaching staff turnover maybe that's because of uh, whatever reasons led to Marion Parker to decommit from Penn State, maybe you find somebody who wants to commit to you for those same reasons, whether it's the opportunity to get on the field or whether it's NIL opportunities, so on and so forth. So, you know, ultimately, I think the other thing we should touch on here, T. Frank, because I know many people at home are thinking about it, is this idea that, oh, well, another Southern guy decommits. Why do we continue? You know, Penn State fans will say, why does Penn right. State continue to recruit the South? To Marion Parker, of course, from Phoenix City, Alabama, which is the same uh, town and same high school that uh, produced Christian Campbell to Penn State. So, I mean, you're not going to stop recruiting the South. So if you think the suggestion is just to focus only on the Mid-Atlantic and only on the DMV and Pennsylvania right. and the Northeast – it's not going to work. So, yeah. you know, I get the frustration and I get that fans feel like there's a trend there, but ultimately you got to go to where the talent is and there's more talent in the South. We all know that. So it's not going to change the way Penn state approaches its recruiting process, but certainly, I mean, uh, this is just, as you said, to just kick things off here. Another instance of you have a highly rated player committed to you and you feel like things are in good shape. And then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from under you. And there's just not always a lot of good options that you can fall back on. We're seeing that at quarterback. Obviously, Penn State yep. is pursuing Jackson Smolik, but it took them a while to figure out who they were going to target next when Marcus Stokes decommitted. I think we're in a similar situation here where unless you can get Jalen Thompson to hold off on committing and get him to campus and maybe win him back over, I think you're just starting over and now you're out of camp season. So you don't even have an opportunity to come uh, get guys on campus and evaluate them. If they were maybe bubble players for you before or ones you were close to maybe offering, but wanted to see either test or just get an accurate height and weight or so on and so forth. So, you know, some of that stuff's going to have to wait until the coaches can hit the road during the season. But yeah, ultimately it's another setback. It's not been a tremendously positive month for Penn state and we're only nine days into it. And, you know, I don't, know how much yeah. more positive news there's going to be this so, month uh you know i think yeah go ahead. i'll just finish with this steve i think if you're a penn state fan you're hoping for just kind of a quiet murmur of no bad news and you can live with that if even if there's no good news 
so how there, there's been three G commitments so far when uh, you consider Yazid Haynes, Marcus Stokes, quarterback and receiver decommitting, flipping to other schools. Now, TJ Parker de decommitting and opening up his recruitment. How big of a blow is losing TJ Parker specifically at this point? Yeah, I mean, I just think that, again, when you look at what it takes to win at the highest levels and the ones at Georgia or Alabama or the other schools that, that are competing at that Penn State's competing with on the recruiting trail to match them on the field, you need these high caliber pass rushers and you need high level offensive linemen and you need, obviously, game changing receivers. So it hurts big time. I mean, I think you could make the argument that if you were ranking the commitments in terms of importance to both this class and the future, I mean, he's probably number three or would have been number three behind the two offensive linemen, Alex Birchmeyer and Jevin Williams. So, I mean, it's a significant loss and it's not one you, you just there's not a whole bunch of top 120 guys out there waiting to flip to you or commit right. to you at this point. So the question just becomes, what kind of player do you replace him with? And, you know, again, you're at a point of the year now where this recruiting cycle is, you know, still what, five months from early signing day. But in a lot of ways, and for a lot of players, the recruiting cycle is over. Now, again, we're going to get some yeah. flips. And the, the what Penn State was able to do to get Vega Ioni last February was impressive. But yep. you can't count on that being the case every cycle. And you better be winning if you think you're going to flip guys late unless there's all kinds of chaos when it comes to coaching changes. So it's a tough pill for Penn State to swallow. I can't imagine a life of a college coach, T. Frank, and knowing the work and effort and sacrifice you put in to get this commitment and then just bop and lose it. Uh, yeah. I just can't imagine the the stress of recruiting, but that's what these guys are paid to do, and they're paid to find a way to bounce back and fill this class out with players who can come in and compete right away and make an impact on Penn State, and we know that James Franklin and his uh, assistants are going to do that, but you just can't overcome losing a top 120 player uh, in the on-three consensus, especially one that a, play, a, a position like defensive end where uh, it's hard to find high-end guys to begin with. Yeah, so Penn State loses... To Marion Parker, top 150 player in the nation at defensive end, and a player that I, I had called a uh, high floor player. And I think that's a, a bit of a hit here as well in terms of what you have at defensive line. If you look at it overall now, Tyreek Blanding is a guy that has a high upside, very athletic, but needs to grow into his body. Typical of a Penn State defensive tackle. You can say the same exact thing about uh, Mega Barnwell and his uh, potential and his ability. He's got a long way to go in terms of his growth and development. And then you got Jameel Lyons, who is physically dominant, but still is learning to play the position. So if he can turn that corner as a senior, that mitigates some of this. But none of those players are in a position where they're going to be contributing, especially at that edge defender position, to continue to keep guys coming in the cycle, refresh the talent to get a, you know, a fourth or a fifth rusher and to get them contributing early to get that pass rushing cycle. This is a big hit that Penn state is losing a guy that perceived uh, presumably could get on the field sooner rather than later. And of course they missed out at the defensive tackle with a player like that as well. So when it comes to this particular decision, wouldn't say it's out of the blue, what do you think the factors are? Do you believe that NIL could be a factor here as well? As we get into the late stages of 2023, you got to ask that question every single time. Is there something out there that brewing we're going to find out later, do you think? You can't rule it out. I mean, I think that's the simplest explanation at this point. You're never going to be able to prove in most cases that NIL opportunities somewhere else played a role in a decommitment or a commitment. But I think we all, you know, you'd be naive to suggest that, 
that's not a part of the reason this happens sometimes, whether it's a commitment or whether it's a decommitment, whether it's at Penn State or somewhere else. And so that's the biggest challenge all these schools are dealing with right now is that NIL, it was said that it wasn't going to have anything to do with recruiting, but as James Franklin sort of pounded the table and said at Big Ten Media Days a couple weeks ago in Indianapolis, Steve Frank, of course it was always going to be a part of the recruiting process. And I'm not sitting here and saying to Marion Parker decommitted from Penn State in early August because of NIL opportunities elsewhere, but I think we'd be naive to suggest that it may may certainly been a part of it. And again, obviously, then you have the distance factor and everything else. So, uh, you know, and winning too. Winning plays a big role. Uh, you can yeah. call it however, whatever you want. But if a school like Georgia starts to show interest in you uh, and you live in Alabama, uh, you know, I, most guys are going to jump at the opportunity to play for Georgia, a team that's shown it could compete for the college football playoff and win consistently. Penn State's won the James Franklin era, but as we all know, 11 and 11 in the last two seasons. And there's just a lot of work to be done to get to the point where, Penn State is consistently competing in a way that some of the schools we're talking about are. The way you do it is to get players like this, so when you lose them, it hurts even yeah. more. Yep. Um, I know you are not a mind reader, especially of 17 and 18-year-old young men, but is there a player or a situation you'd be looking at? Now, Penn State fans are on high alert now. Anybody else, not to cast aspersions on anybody, I'm going to qualify the hell out of this question, Greg. Are there any other surprises out there, do you think? I mean, I think, again, we've talked about some of these and you and Ryan more extensively, but, uh, you know, you look at the Kari Nelson. He did go to Ole Miss uh, at the end of July, so he's still committed to Penn State, four-star defensive back, really good player, but we're going to have to keep an eye on that. And we know that Conrad Hussey has had interest from Florida and some other schools that are closer to him in the Sunshine State, so we'll watch him and, and teammate King Mack as well. And, you know, again, I just think we have to see what happens here in the season. Do these guys pop up for official visits elsewhere? Do they make it to the season as a Penn State commit? Right now, I would say yes but as we learned today t frank things happen fast and when players want to open up their recruitment to take advantage of the other opportunities that might be out there uh, they typically don't waste time making themselves available to do just that so last question loaded question i'm not going to let you off with an easy question like is there another decommitment come on we've got to get down to the nitty-gritty You've got Marcus Stokes decommitting, Yazid Haynes decommitting, TJ Parker decommitting, Evan Link after a really strong run to lose those players and then to lose Evan Link to Michigan in that recruiting battle. Is the sky falling? Because it feels for Penn State fans like the sky is falling for the class of 2023. Well, I mean, this was a group that I think most people thought would definitely be a top 10, if not top five class. And uh, without some major uh, big wins down the stretch here, either before the start of the season or by signing day, it's it's hard to see how that's going to be the case. As we sit here and talk right now, Penn State still has the number 10 class in the on three team consensus rankings by like three tenths or three hundredths of a percentage point uh, right. over uh, over USC. So it's not going to be long, I don't think, until they fall out of the top 10. And then the question just becomes, how do you get back in it uh, with the board being the way it is right now and the options that are out there not being as highly rated as the guys you lost? So it's doable. It's possible. And look, I know that it's a time of year when everybody wants to be hopeful and the new season's about to be here and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, certainly things have not, you know, July was good at an eight commitment month for, well, I guess seven now, if you get discount to Marion Parker's commitment, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good month for Penn state, but there's no question that things have not completely gone according to plan in a lot of different ways. And this is just the latest example of that. So is this guy falling, it might be a little bit, but you know, again, we've seen James Franklin in this group rally plenty of times to close in a way that maybe even the most optimistic Penn state fans didn't see coming. So 
I would just say sit tight. Let's see what happens here and ultimately know that uh, there's a lot of work to do between both the high school ranks and the transfer portal to make this class the best it can be between now and February. Greg Pickle, Blue White Illustrated recruiting reporter. Thanks for coming on the show. That'll do it for our breaking news segment. Make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube so you don't miss any news from the recruiting trail or Penn State football. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The PWI Daily Recruiting Show is back for another episode in August. I'm Greg Pickle, and today Ryan Snyder joins the show to discuss what is up with Penn State's class of 2023 as the Lions press forward toward the opener at Purdue while also keeping an eye on recruiting. We're going to cover that, a new official visitor, and much more on this edition of the PWI Daily Recruiting Show. Stick with us. We're off and running. He's Ryan Snyder, and I'm Greg Pickle, and it's a new edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show, Tuesday, August 9th. Penn State is already a week into summer camp, Ryan, and as we all know, that means things slow down pretty good on the recruiting trail with high school camps and preseason practices picking up as well. So today we're going to focus on the class of 2023 and where things stand there. But first, I wanted to hit on some news that broke uh, in that that is not related to recruiting, but a little bit before we started recording here on Tuesday afternoon, Ryan ESPN is out of the running for Big Ten media rights. And obviously that was something you wrote a story about at Blue White Illustrated on Monday when Sports Business Journal reported that the likelihood of that being the case. So my well, real quick thought here to get to get things going is how strange is it going to be when CBS has the Big Ten and ESPN has the SEC, and there's also this mix mash of Big Ten media partners that include NBC, include CBS. From what we've been told, Fox, of course, uh, it's going to look a lot different and sound a lot different and feel a lot different. But there is no question that when we sit here and talk about Penn State wanting to get more recruiting. Uh, department people and better amenities and facilities and things like that guess what these tv contracts are where the money comes from and so the penn state is about to profit in a big way as is every other big 10 school when this tv deal finally gets announced and i think ryan it's safe to say that we're pretty close to that deal probably being announced now that espn yeah out. yeah i would think you know definitely early next week if we don't if we don't know this by uh next next tuesday i'd be a little surprised the the thing that really stood out to me last night was andrew marshan tweeting out that uh, CBS is going to pay, was it $350 million just yes. for the 330 games? And think about that, guys. That's $350 million for, what, like 13 games, you know, 14 games or something like that through, through the course of the year. So that that's wild to me, just that number, because I think the ESPN contract for all the SEC is like $300 million. And, you know, ESPN's getting multiple games uh, per year, of course, uh, right. with that deal, because they can run them, you know, throughout the day, where CBS is paying for – just a handful of games every day or every time at 3.30, I guess it'll be. Uh, of course, NBC, a lot of talk about them being the primetime game. I'll be curious to see, you know, Notre Dame plays some primetime games too. So uh, it's not like NBC could put it 3.30 because that'll be CBS's window. So what happens there? 
when uh, you know Notre Dame plays a, a primetime kind of game. I'll be curious to see how that shakes up. Maybe that's when they go to Peacock or something. I, who knows? But but yeah, we we are definitely getting close to this deal being done. A hundred billion dollars, <laughs> or excuse me, one billion dollars, not a hundred billion dollars. Right. Uh, one billion for a year. It's just an incredible number. I mean, these teams. I don't know if they're going to be making over a hundred million a year. Of course, there's uh, fourteen. Will be sixteen teams in the in the Big Ten soon enough. But uh, getting paid what eighty. 80, 90 million a year uh, is is the kind of money you need to, especially Penn State needs uh, to to make some of the improvements in a lot of different ways. So it's uh, it's a great day if you're a Big Ten fan of any of these schools. It's it's going to go a long way uh, in the long run, and I think we uh, yeah we should see something here soon. Uh, the one thing I will say is I I've talked to people about this. Fox's A package is going to be getting a lot of those five million uh, and plus viewer games. So of course, you know the the whiteout game is 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 always a massive one. I mean, basically, when it, whenever Penn State plays Ohio State or Michigan, uh, I, I expect Fox to be having those games in the foreseeable future, unless those teams really drop off and and you know they fall down the pecking order a bit. So whether Fox down the road is switches away from Big Noon or not, we'll see. Of course, when when the inventory goes down eventually, and all these conferences. Uh, or, you know, the, the SEC and Big Ten kind of take over like we expect, uh, there won't be such a, a deep window in, in a primetime window, of course. So maybe maybe down the road, Fox puts some games down there. But I'm a, if, you're, if you're a Penn State fan, I think you need to expect big noon kickoffs for these Ohio State and Michigan games here uh, in the years forward. Of course, this deal doesn't start in 2023. It starts, uh, or excuse me, not 2022. It'll start in 2023. Uh, so we'll see in the years ahead. But uh, those those primetime whiteout games, if you want it to be Ohio State and Michigan, I think you're going to run into an issue there. Yeah, so obviously Penn State fans had plenty of debate going on when Minnesota was picked as this year's whiteout game opponent. But to your point, uh, we may see that moving forward because Fox is not going to back away from putting its best games at big noon as long as the ratings are good. And as we just talked about, Ryan, and, and I know that T. Franks talks about it on the daily as well, they get really good numbers for that. And I know Penn State fans don't necessarily love it. A lot of other college football fans don't necessarily love it. But when you're paying that kind of money for a rights package, you're going to put it where you can make the most money back with viewership and advertising. And right now it seems like big news to take it there. So Penn State and everybody else is going to have to figure out how to adjust from a game theme perspective, but also a recruiting perspective too, because we know how much easier it is for prospects to get to a campus for a night game as opposed to a noon game especially if they play mm-hmm. the night before on friday so uh we'll, we'll see i'll be very curious to see how that all plays out but there is no question that fans coaches and recruits alike are all going to have to adjust to this new reality yeah for sure so i'll be interested i can't wait to get the numbers on this and dig through it and, and see how see how it all shakes out in the end but uh, of course there's there's a lot of talk about amazon i don't know i don't know if amazon or or, or or Apple really are going to be in it. We'll see. There's there's talk that they still are. I've heard mixed things there on, on whether there will be a, a streaming component. I mean, we know Peacock will have some sort of streaming component with the with the NBC deal right. part of this. But uh, and of course Fox, you know, they they have their streaming app as well. But if Amazon or or Apple try to get uh, you know that C package, I guess it would be and you know maybe some Thursday night Ohio State at Rutgers kind of games. That's what would make the most sense there. So we'll we'll see how it shakes out. But it's looking pretty clear right now. CBS, NBC will be that B package. And then, like I said, Fox is going to have the vast majority of those, you know, four million and up kind of viewer games. Uh, they're they're going to get the pick from the best of the best at the very top there. So just just get used to that, Penn State fans. It, it's something I think they're going to you're going to at least see in the next couple of years. And then maybe when the primetime window uh, isn't as deep as it is now and, and teams go to different conferences, maybe Fox will change some things up. 
All right, well, let's dive into some specific recruiting talk on this week's edition of the BWI Daily Recruiting Show. Ryan, you were able to confirm a new official visitor for Penn State over the weekend, a prospect who will be on campus a little bit later this year. And it's interesting because in so many past August, we'd be sitting here trying to map out who was coming for official visits in the fall. And now, of course, so many of those have already been used. So I think uh, it certainly has changed quite a bit with the spring and summer official visits, but we'll still see a couple of them every fall. And this year's no exception. Let's get into who's coming and what Penn State fans need to know. Yeah, Penn State's used about half, a little over half their official visits so far. So they still have a pretty deep inventory. A lot of guys, you know, set visits. At one point, it was looking like they'd used 45, maybe not quite to get to 50. Uh, of course, you're only allowed to use, I think it's 56. And then Penn State can roll over six from last year. So their number will really be 62 official visits. But uh, the point there is they still have a good uh, 20, high 20s, low 30s, somewhere in that uh, ballpark. But uh, Zion Tracy, uh, St. Thomas Moore prospect. He's a post-grad player. He was a 2022 prospect, was at one point committed to Temple. Temple goes through that whole coaching change last year, and uh, I don't know if other schools just didn't jump on him quick enough or what, but he decides to be a 2023 player, go to St. Thomas Moore, which you see regularly. I mean, St. Thomas Moore, those, those New England schools, uh, they, they have a lot of postgraduate guys. But that move has really worked out for, for Zion, no doubt. You know, comes to Penn State's camp. Runs a 4.3540, a 4.28 shuttle. I think Penn State fans have seen those numbers by now. A 32.6 triple prom is a, is a pretty damn good number, too. Of course, he did it the same at Georgia. You know, one thing I realized after he came to Penn State's camp was that I think the numbers he put at Georgia and then him putting that on Twitter is what sparked Penn State to try and get him back up on campus at the end of July. You know, Zion did camp at Penn State last year, put up good numbers, you know, it was mid 4.4s. Uh, but didn't didn't have these kind of four three five you know speed kind of crazy numbers that uh, you know we we saw at camp two weeks ago. So that's those numbers sparked Penn State in inviting him back for an official visit. Penn State isn't bringing players for official visit if they're not serious about being a take. Right now, there's no public offer uh, out there, you know, but I, I I don't I don't think he's been officially offered. But I think there's got to be something behind the scenes here saying, hey, look, come up for this official visit. And we're, we're going to we're going to be serious about taking you. So we'll see uh, how that all lines up. But he's coming for that Ohio game, which is interesting because you never really see big visitors for those first, you know, the, the, the directional right. Michigan's and the Ohio, you know, those Mac games. So he, he'll certainly be the most intriguing visitor that weekend, or at least I would expect looking back on previous years. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if he comes up for that visit and, you know, we, we get a we get a commitment tweet. Uh, what Sunday afternoon, something like that, when his visit wraps up. So let's see how it shakes out. There, like I said, uh, Penn State hasn't officially given him offer yet, but there's something behind the scenes there that tells me that uh, that, that that's in the works, and they want him to come up for this official visit to kind of make it all official, if that makes sense. Yep. Zion Tracy, a class of 2023 recruit, stands 5'11", 170. He has only been rated so far by rivals, which gives him a three-star ranking. So I'm sure we'll see him pop up in the on-three consensus a little bit later in the year once some more rankings or updates are done. But yeah, I mean, that was kind of the big takeaway for me reading your story and the interview you did with him is at bluewhiteillustrated.com, where if you're not a subscriber, you can find it for $1 for one year of access to insider recruiting notes, premium team updates all throughout camp and all year long and much more. So check that out. But yeah, the date caught my eye because there's not many uh, players, period, usually, uh, who are of the scholarship variety who come to those early season non-conference games. I mean, either it's usually guys who live close by or uh, maybe underclassmen who 
only played on Friday night and they were done early and they were able to get up there. But for, yeah, for the most part, there's not usually too many of those. So the fact he wants to come then, I think probably says all you need to know, Ryan, about his interest in Penn State. And then obviously the vice versa part of that being uh, that Penn State feels the need to host him at this point in time. So uh, yeah. this should be one we have to watch closely, I would think. One, yeah, one thing I'll add too is like, I mean, that that date to me is is Penn State wanting to just get him back immediately. And maybe it's because, okay, so unlike a lot of these guys who have camped this year, Zion has been putting his numbers on Twitter. And I, I think if you ask Georgia and Penn State, they probably would uh, not prefer that he's putting those numbers on Twitter because, of course, schools are, schools are going to see that. So right. uh, that's interesting to me. The fact that Penn State wants to get him back immediately kind of tells me that, you know, of course he does that and it goes into a dead period so schools can't get him back. He does have an official visit set to Syracuse for the end of October I, I, if he takes that visit, I'd be a little surprised. I mean, I, I think there's a real chance Penn State, Penn State is going to get him back as soon as they possibly can. And like I said, just reading the tea leaves here, it feels like they want to get him here, have a good weekend, feel him out a little bit more, maybe get a better feel for his family. I don't know if Zion's family came with him for that for that visit, so that that's probably a big part of it. And then, of course, just get that that quality time too. He came for a camp. Of course, he got to speak with the staff, maybe see a couple things, but it wasn't that quality time that you get during an official. Uh, so get him back here. Everything checks the boxes. We know as an athlete, he's, he's, he's got everything you want there. Uh, I, I could see him being maybe the 19th commitment in this class. Maybe there's maybe somebody will pop before them. But uh, I think it's it's looking pretty likely that Sion Tracy is going to be in the line. Let's stay in the class of 2023, but move to the other side of the ball. Obviously, all Penn State fans know now that Jackson Smolik is the name to watch at quarterback for Penn State and a few other schools in the class of 2023. Had a very good showing at the Elite 11, which is – uh, unfortunately for Tulane made his commitment to them, something that many don't think is going to last much longer, but we'll see what's the latest with him. Should we be expecting anything soon there? Or is this something that's going to take a little bit more time to play out than maybe, uh, maybe most people expect it once these offers start rolling in? Yeah. So I, first off, awesome talk with Jackson Smollick. Uh, I got to talk to his dad last week too. So we're getting a good relationship there. That was my first extended talk, which by the way, happened at like midnight. So like, thank you, Jackson, for calling me. <laughs> of course he's in central time, uh, but I think he's just incredibly busy. You know, he's getting ready for the season and uh, said he has all these coaches calling and whatnot, but uh, we, we stayed up late one night and uh, had an awesome talk and just really impressive, impressive young man. I mean, he, if anyone who read that Q and a, I think you get the vibe right away that, uh, He's got his head on his shoulders, and uh, no matter where, where he ends up, he's going to be a, a leader in whatever locker room it is. So uh, Penn State has made it clear, yes, he has an offer. And right now, it really just kind of feels like a wait and see if any other schools pop. He told me that Wisconsin and Notre Dame are, are showing interest, and I think there's others too that maybe he just hasn't kind of put out there yet. I think that there's I – even, I, I even think that there's some Power Fives who maybe have offered and he hasn't put out there yet. I don't know that for sure, but I've heard that from other people. So let's, let's see maybe – I would think give it another week or so. Uh, this time next week, kind of get a better feel for have any other schools offered. He's not putting offers out there publicly either. So this is going to be one of those things where maybe you have to dig with Penn State sources or wherever it may be to figure out uh, who's there because he's committed to Lane. He's, he's trying to do – all the right things. Like I said, he's a very classy individual. Uh, so I think, you, you know, you got to respect that, but I, do I see him ending up at Tulane? No, uh, he's getting power five offers now. I think he, I think he absolutely understands that you have to accept that. So I would definitely give Penn state the, the pole position, right? I mean, they were the first power five school to, to really push hard and uh, you know, get him on campus and all those things, get his interest mainly. But again, it, 
if Notre Dame wants him to come visit in September or, or Wisconsin wants him to come visit in September, could that impact his timeline? He's saying his timeline is, is to have it done before your senior season, which is great. Yeah, everybody wants to get that done. But right. if you wait three more weeks, maybe go to Notre Dame, go to Wisconsin, maybe get another offer to check out those environments. You know, personally, if it was my son, I, I'd try and get him to wait. You don't want it to drag into October and, and you know, have, have this going on your whole senior season. But if you, can, if you can deal with a couple tough weeks of trying to juggle school, your season, and maybe a couple of visits on the weekend, you know, this is a massive, this is a massive decision, right? And, and uh, you know, if you're getting offers and opportunities that you didn't have previously, uh, I, I just would personally be surprised if he just said, screw it. Uh, we're going to Penn state, but of course we got to see if those offers come. He's not really putting it out there publicly. So we're, we're just going to have to try and juggle this and find as much information as we can over the next week or two. So Jackson Smolik, of course, is someone who as quarterback, if you look across the country in terms of some of the higher rated classes, there's a, more than you might expect without a quarterback right now. And so what Ryan's getting at there is simply the fact that there's every reason that he could see his stock rise even more, maybe, especially if he waits to decide until, he has a couple games of senior tape on film. I mean, that could obviously change things for schools as well who want to see it in pads after seeing it at the Elite 11 in various camps. So we'll see. But I think it's fair to say Penn State can feel fairly decent about where it stands there. But there's certainly quite a bit of work to do here before everything could be said and done. I think that's probably the easiest way to leave that conversation. Right. I mean, I would think I hate percentages, right? Uh, we no, no percentages always get you in trouble, right? But you would think. Penn State's a pretty heavy favorite. Uh, I wouldn't say 90 or 95%, but to me, it's right. kind of like a 75%. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. But say Wisconsin offers Thursday night in a, in a private interview, and, and and you know maybe Notre Dame were to offer a week later. Who knows? Maybe they already have. You, you got a lot to think about then um, because you can't visit right now, but you got two heavyweights offering you. Uh, yeah, you, again, you want to get it done before your senior season, which starts, I think, end of August, early September. But man, they get on campus for a couple of those games and get around the coaching staff. And then you have more to think about. So let's see how it shakes out. But this, this is, this is Penn state's should be Penn state's to lose with the efforts they put in so far. And of course, Penn state's only going to keep strengthening those relationships. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I think this is going to be one of those things where like, boom, one day we just kind of get a surprise and he's committed to somewhere, or maybe it'll drag out a little bit longer and he's going to pop up at Wisconsin one day and, uh, you know, everything will, everything will be a little bit different then. So we'll, we'll do our best to stay on top of it. Well, it's BWI Daily Recruiting Show. We're moving through some class of 2023 updates. And obviously with Penn State now at 18 verbal commitments and the season almost here, Ryan, I don't think we're expecting to see a whole bunch of movement coming over the next couple of weeks or months. I mean, there's going to be a couple of names that pop up here and there. But for the most part, it feels like we know what the board looks like and we're maybe waiting to see some senior tape and things like that. And perhaps that will lead Penn State to some more offers. But we figured it was a good time to just give a quick rundown of where things stand in terms of where Penn State could go next, what it's going to try and do to finish out this class. I had a chance to talk with Taylor Stubblefield and Terry Smith at Penn State Media Day last weekend, and both were pretty adamant that they're happy with where this class is right now, but that there is still work to be done, and that should be no surprise to anyone considering we're sitting here talking on uh, the second Tuesday in August. But, yeah, ultimately I think uh, Penn State knows uh, that it's on the right track in the class of 2023. It currently sits inside of the top ten of the on three consensus team rankings, but there's some work to be done here, both with, uh, you know, committed guys who might have interest in checking things out this fall and then uncommitted guys who uh, obviously Penn state's pushing the land and, or maybe committed guys that they could flip from other schools. So there's still plenty going on in this class, but it certainly is 
getting full quickly, and there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, look, they missed out on a lot of important players uh, that that came up to Penn State uh, in June, and 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 you know that at the time we were looking at like, man, all you gotta do is land a couple of these guys, and and you're set. And then, of course, Jason Moore goes to Ohio State, LeBlanc goes to Oklahoma, Evan Link goes to Michigan. Kavion Keys is one of those guys who's still out there. I, I think the tea leaves are all pointing to North Carolina. We talked about this last week. He goes to North Carolina. Right. He had a decision, right, at the end of July. He could have saw a new school in Florida, could have came to Penn State, could have came to North Carolina. He chose North Carolina. I mean, 90% of the time, if you're doing a visit that last weekend, uh, that's probably the school you're going to commit to if you're committing before the season starts, of course. Uh, so that that tells me a lot there. Jakeem Jackson, of course, goes to Florida. I mean, they, they got Tony Rojas, they got Tamir, and they got London, and all three of those are incredibly important, all four-star players. Of course, they got Elliott Washington, too. I don't want to forget about that. But then Trey Webb, Cam Selden, uh, Stanton Rammel. I mean, there, there were a lot of quality guys there that they missed out on. And really, Kavion Keys uh, is – well, Carmelo Taylor, too. But Kavion Keys, is, when it comes to four-star players, is pretty much the only one – on that list. So when you go down and look at it, uh, they, they, they needed another one or two of those guys. I felt if they really wanted to put themselves in a position to absolutely have a top 10 class, they are now 10th. So they're, they're right on the bubble there as far as maybe potentially dropping out. But again, I think he's is going to North Carolina. Uh, I think Carmelo Taylor. So he's saying South Carolina, but then he goes to Virginia tech too. And, Part of me thinks he's, you know, he's saying Penn State, South Carolina to maybe build some suspense and end up being Virginia Tech. But either way, I think Penn State's third there. I would still probably put Virginia Tech and South Carolina ahead of them. And uh, there, there's a lot that has to shake out. They, they Somebody's got to emerge from tackle. And I, I was trying to dig on that last night, actually. And they were like, look, let, we got to figure out who gets on campus. I mean, there's guys. We, we wrote a preview last week or, uh, you know, just a where does Penn State look for here or look from here. Uh, as far as offensive line targets and Penn State fans can read that on our site, but there are certainly names that they're monitoring, but all, none of these guys are surefire prospects. So you have to think that they're going to watch some games early in the season. They're, of course, they'll, right. they'll be trying to get guys to visit, but uh, that, I think that one's just going to, going to drag out a bit. I don't know if it'll be like a big eye only thing where they, they, they get guys incredibly late in the process, but I, I don't see any surprise tackles jumping on board unless they flip somebody that, that you know we're unaware of right now. But when I, again, when I look across, they got to get a they got to get a quarterback, right? So that that's one of those spots. I feel like another wide receiver, at least one more wide receiver, has to happen. Uh, let me think. Another, at least one more offensive lineman has to happen. So we're looking at three on the offensive line that or on the offensive side that have to happen. Uh, you know, one guy I haven't talked about enough probably in the last week or two because I've been moving is Dylan Gooden, uh, who really wasn't in the mix much at all with with Penn State throughout early part of the summer. And then Dylan comes to the seven on seven and that's a really good workout. And he's, and he's, yeah, he's he looked really good that day. Too. He did. Mm -hmm. He did. We haven't six, four, about 200. He's probably a little over that now. Maybe we're closer to two ten or so, but uh, keep an eye on him because like from basically everything I was told, like last season just wasn't the greatest. Of course they were watching good counsel a ton with Neo. Neo then ends up playing defensive end. And, you know, there was some talk that he looked like the better defensive end prospect, but I guess, Penn State's going to probably miss out on Jalen Thompson, too. You know, where do they go there as far as getting another spot on the defensive line? There's just more and more talk that they're interested in Gooden. I wouldn't say they're pushing for Gooden at the moment, but he's coming back more into the mix now. So keep an eye on him as far as a defensive line. Maybe a linebacker. I, I, I don't have a great feel for where. I think Penn State's – honestly, I think Penn State's staff is pretty mixed on that, if I'm being 
very blunt about it because I've asked one person. They told me linebacker. That's another. They told me defensive end. So I think they kind of have to sort that out. But there's a lot of different names. Uh, of course, you know, I talked about Zion Tracy. He makes sense for another defensive back there. The defensive back class looks pretty great as long as they can keep uh, Dakari Nelson and some of those other guys uh, on board, which I think they will. So I, I still see a class with another four or five commitments. And then, you know, again, if they, there's some elite guys towards the end, especially after coaching changes shuffle around, uh, that, then they can probably find room to, to go a little bit above that 23 number, which is the number that makes the most sense before you have to uh, start making hard decisions and going over that 85 limit. Right. Yeah. And of course, the transfer portal, some spots I'm sure will be saved for that as well as Penn State has done a pretty good right. job of finding at least a couple of players each cycle since the portal really became a big thing there. So we will see. But Ryan, there's no doubt about it. There's been some if you were going to sum up the summer, I think you'd call it a roller coaster, a roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Penn State did get some wins. There's no doubt. But there's a lot of guys. If you went back and watched the BWI Daily from late May or early June, or if you read any of the recruiting updates at bluewhiteillustrated.com over that period of time, there's a lot of guys who were on those lists and it's mentioned in those shows who were uncommitted uh, that are now committed to somewhere that's not Penn State. So certainly mm-hmm. some rebuilding of some position boards in this class needs to be done. And yeah, when you talk about the offensive line, there just doesn't seem to be a great jumping off point right now. So time will tell. Uh, some guys pop up late. Some guys have good senior film, but this could also very well be something we don't know much about until December and maybe it'll be even later than that. Yeah. Well, look, they got eight commitments this summer. I don't want to overlook that. And right. especially going in at Tamari and Parker that where none of us saw that coming until about, a, uh, you know, right after the visit when I started catching word that he was going to commit uh, Dakari Nelson. I think we saw that, but I, I thought Dakari really wanted to wait to take more visits. And now of course he goes to Ole Miss too. Yep. So, I'm starting to think he might I, – I don't think that Ole Miss maybe will be his only visit. We'll see. Because that that was always his plan, and then he kind of – I don't want to say rush it, but he, he he won against his original uh, mind – you know, uh, thought process, I guess, guess you would say. But Tyree Blanding, of course, and uh, who am I missing there? Oh, King Mack, of course. And then, of course, that, that July run with London, Elliott, and, and the two linebackers and, and Tamir and Tony, all of those guys. I mean, almost all of those guys are four-star players. I think Tyreek, Tyreek Lanning, the only one of those, I think that's a three-star. So that's a, that's a great run. Yeah. But again, you know, since what, mid-July, uh, the Jason Moore news. And since then, we're kind of going back down there and, and, and they're missing all a lot of guys. So maybe they'll get a surprise here in August. But uh, I expect the next 21 days or so to be pretty quiet on 2023 and 2024. And and we'll, we'll get visit list again, and I'm sure we'll see a couple of those uh, on-the-field commitments that uh, Franklin was was doing with the guys last year. I, I wouldn't right. be shocked at all. I honestly wouldn't be shocked at all if that's Zion Tracy there that first game. So, yeah, it's, I, I think it's just going to be a, a pretty slow three weeks here, though. Uh, guys are focusing on their season. Uh, I'll go out and watch some, some practices later on. But as far as real news popping up in Penn State's favor – I just don't see anything right now. Taylor's going to probably go elsewhere. Kavion Keys is probably going to go elsewhere. I'm sure I'm missing some somebody else in that mix too, but we'll see. Jalen Thompson. All right. All right. Well, we'll try and have some better news for Penn State fans on the recruiting front next time, which I think will be what, what a couple weeks, at least one week before we chat again. Here. Yeah. I know you're getting some downtime here as things slow down. So that's a plus, but uh, perhaps next time we speak, Ryan, there'll be more uh, good news to share along with some other updates about some of the guys we've mentioned here, but uh, you know, until then, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm going uh, next time. Our next recruiting show will be the 23rd. So I'm, I'm heading to the beach, uh, play with my kids for 
week or a week and a half, a little, little over a week. So we will be gone then. T Frank, actually, T Frank and I will do a 2024 uh, recap of the defense here later in the week as well. But uh, now, nah, like I said, it's just going to be a quiet. I mean, look, we, they put this dead period in because it was just kind of good for everybody. This wasn't always a dead period. Yeah, there were times right. where prospects could come up and watch a couple practices, but coaches want to focus on their teams like they, they don't get enough time with that that's why that's the whole reason we have a february dead period now because they need time to to recap the season focus on their teams focus on their development and that august this august one is is pretty similar it, it just recruiting has taken and it's recruiting has always been incredibly important but now it's 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 just it's just so hectic with all the, the messaging and, and and all those kind of things that you have to do daily so adding more and more visits Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.